This episode has been brought to you in part by the Azrieli Music Prizes. Join them in celebrating artistic excellence at the AMP Gala Concert, live from Maison Symphonique in Montreal, happening October 20th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Orchestre Metropolitain will premiere award-winning music by laureates Aharon Harla, Iman Habibi, and Rita Ueda. Learn more at azrielifoundation.org backslash AMP. Hey everybody, we're the Menschwarmers, your bi-weekly look at the world of Jews and sports. I'm here with my co-host Gabe. Gabe, how you doing, buddy? Hey, how you doing? Welcome to uh, this week's Shtetl Talk. Uh, yeah, we do actually go through uh, a fair number of shtetls, I would say, in our interview uh, with Eliezer Sherbatov, the first Israeli player in the KHL, uh, Israeli-Canadian hockey player who's uh, got a new book coming out telling his story uh, as a hockey player, as a, you know... Soviet, uh, the child of Soviet refugees to Israel, and uh, really interesting stuff. Um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, about that book right off the top, Gabe, because um, you know the most interesting, sorry, one of the more interesting parts of the book that that uh, we talk about in the interview with with Ellie and uh, the author Anna Rosner is about Ellie's sort of you know eleventh hour escape from Ukraine uh, on the eve of invasion. So. That is just, you know, really just like it, it couldn't be more recent that this happened. And, uh, you know, Anna mentioned like they were basically trying to stop the presses to make that happen. So, you know, he was playing for a team uh, in, in Mariupol, you know, which I, I think is like it's just kind of it's a city that probably nobody knew that nobody in Canada necessarily knew the name of a year ago. But probably now everybody's heard of. And, uh, you know, the, the 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 you know, he had this sort of amazing escape with other players on his team who had foreign uh, citizenship who were able to get to the border with Poland uh, and get out. And he's, he's, you know, not to, not to give, not to give away the ending, but he made it out safely back in Canada. He was in Montreal when we were speaking to him. So really, you know, glad that he was able to do that, but a really just fascinating book about his life, you know, overcoming a disability um, in his leg with his, uh, you know, his mother's a figure skating coach uh, and, you know, his, his career in, in hockey and professional there- hockey and, in, there, in internationally for Team Israel. There isn't really a way to undersell or oversell. I think the word I'm looking for is oversell. The like story of this guy's life and what he's been through. Some quick highlights, you know, his his grandparents or his parents are the children of Holocaust survivors. Um, you know, in Russia, left Russia due to anti-Semitism in Israel, left Israel because of the Gulf War going on. And then throughout his adult career has dealt with significant injury, you know, struggling playing hockey in some of the far flung corners of the world as an outsider, as a, as, as he puts it, you know, in our interview, you'll see as a Israeli, French, Russian Jew with a leg injury, uh, with a handicap. So, you know, and then he gets stuck in a war zone when he's just trying to play hockey for what amounts to, it seems to be the third or so time in in his life. Um, So it's not, there's, there's a, a really a hard, no, it's very hard to oversell what this guy's been through. So it's a, a fascinating conversation and we're thrilled to have him on the show. Absolutely. And, and we should mention as well, we talked about it a little bit, but, you know, he was playing, he was playing for a hockey team in Oswetsim, which is the town, you know, outside of Auschwitz. Um, you know, he was later playing, uh, I think, in a town in Kazakhstan where his grandfather had lived. Like, you know, sort of going on the tour of, of uh, uh, Eastern European Jewry 
in the course of his hockey career. So, you know, a different, a different sort of tour of things, but, but really just a, an interesting story, um, you know, of, of how sports sort of mirrors life in lots of ways. Um, and we should say off the top, you know, it's a, it's a sort of young adult, I think type, uh, story, uh, Anna Rosner, who's a, a teacher at York university. I think it's for everyone, young him. adults of all ages. Absolutely. But I, I, I just mean that I think this is something that, uh, you know, I would hope kids read in class and, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, Jews and non-Jews alike. I think it's a great story. Sports fans and non-sports fans. I think it's a great story of, you know, sort of overcoming adversity in many different ways and, and having a, uh, successful career in, in the thing that you love. So, um, yeah, really definitely recommend it. Uh, we, we were lucky to be able to read advanced copies of it. So, um, yeah, get it, get it where you can. My left skate is the name of the book, the extraordinary story of Eliezer Sherbatov. And you'll hear in the interview that, the, you know, the history of the title, um, as well as, you know, sort of what brought Eliezer to, to all these far flung places, far flung places around the world. Absolutely. Um, before we get to the interview, just, uh, you know, we'll go over a little bit of, Sports news uh, in the world of Jews. I mean, end of the uh, coming to the end of the baseball season. Uh, we had some news recently about a new uh, a new member of Team Israel, Mr. Fish. Uh, that's Jake. Yeah, no, no, Jake Bird. Bird, not, Mr. Bird, not, not, a, not a fish, a bird. I, Jake, wasn't Jake a, Bird. There was definitely a fish in in the the MLB earlier this summer. You mean Nate Fish? Uh, well, else? I mean Nate Fish, good friend of the good friend of the pod. Um, but yeah, Jake Bird. Maybe I'm thinking of Jake Bird. Yeah. So Jake Bird, who's a pitcher for the Colorado Rockies. Tim Salmon uh, was not de- Jewish. Tim <laughs> uh, he, he made his debut earlier this year uh, with the Rockies. Um, I think he's been sort of up and down uh, since then. But, you know, he's gotten gotten to 30 games uh, with the Rockies. So, uh, you know, putting together a pretty solid career as a reliever now. And I, I had no idea who's Jewish. I mean, you know, his name's Jacob. That that helps. Um, Jacob helps. I don't know if anyone else had to. I'd never seen it on any of the lists, but he has announced that he's going to be playing for Team Israel. So ostensibly has the 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 basis with from which to become an Israeli citizen, which usually means uh, a Jewish parent at the minimum. And uh, you know he's committed to the team. It's shaping out pretty well. I mean, uh, obviously we'll talk about this a lot more in advance of the World Baseball Classic, but it is going to be a, a top uh, top five or six team uh, so- at, at the tournament. I'm thinking of Jake Fishman. Oh, you're um, thinking of Jake Fishman. Okay, we've got that, the Fishman. Right. So we've, Fishman got, right. we've got Jake Fishman and now Jake Bird, man. Right. Absolutely. So that that you're right. So Jake uh, Fishman, previously in the Blue Jays organization, um, I think got traded to the Marlins. And mm-hmm. uh, he he has uh, been making his way onto the Marlins roster. and uh, Got an ERA just around two. Yeah. yeah, he's he's pitched yeah. in two games and he's, you know, given up one run in four innings. Um, so he's having, he's, you know, uh, executing, but has not played very, very much. Um, right. So Fishman played for Israel back in, uh, the 2020 Olympics. Uh, I don't know if he's announced whether he'll be playing for Israel at the WCBC, but it seems likely, uh, in all, you know, that, uh, that he would continue to play for Israel. Absolutely. Um, for Israel Acc- WBC. According to the Jewish baseball news, um, he has not yet committed, um, but I would imagine, you know, most of the guys, you look at Scott Efros on the Yankees, who's having a great season in high leverage relief, um, as well as Dean Kramer, who's really emerging into the ace um, of the Baltimore Orioles, who are a competitive team now. Um, there, yeah. There's a lot of guys that haven't yet. Um, D- Dean Kramer did commit, I should say. He has committed yet. But, you yeah. know, if they can get Max Fried on um, and Efros, that's a that's a pretty good rotation in bullpen coming up. 
Yeah, and Peterson and uh, Harrison Bader in the outfield is is going to be pretty good in terms of hitting. Jock uh, too. You know, Don't like, forget a, Jock and sorry, yes, sorry. Jock Peterson. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, and, and Richard Blyer as well as a as a potentially one of the other starters. You know, you don't necessarily need the deepest team, but you need some stars at the top. So you know, I've, I've said this um, before. I I saw uh, I saw Garrett Stubbs play uh, play a game, um, and my or uh, my God, does he have magnificent hair? Just <laughs> spectacular, beautiful. You know, nice tight curls. Um, you know, he's a, he's a good player. He, he's got sort of a, a pretty high average this season played and had about a hundred at bats and is hitting 300. So, uh, he's a great, would be a great recruit recruit to play catcher. Although obviously longtime team Israel stalwart, Ryan LaVarnway has got that job to begin with. Um, but That's if, true. if Stubby can, can take it over, I think the team would be just as good. Yeah, so I, I would say, um, you know, when the MLB season winds down, like next spring, late late winter is probably gonna, when we're going to start hearing more announcements. Uh, but, you know, really excited to welcome Jake Bird to the team uh, as a fan of Team Israel, as I, as I think most of our listeners probably are. Um, and moving on from Jake Bird, we have some other Bird news, which is that uh, Sue Bird has played her last game as a uh, WNBA professional. Yeah, so uh, the Seattle it's, Storm. It, it, she had quite uh, the farewell. It was I don't know if you watched yeah. the games, but her last two the last two games of the career were really tight back and forth affairs for a spot in the WNBA final, um, and yeah. very very close games. One of them went to double overtime, um, and and Las Vegas, you know, just very so slightly edged them out um, with the MVP yeah. of the league, Aja Wilson. So it was it was yeah. a very very so tough was, way to lose. But a, uh, you know, going out on a on a high note for performance, if not result. Yeah, and you know, unfortunately, she won't be able to add a uh, fifth, uh, a, a fifth a, ring a fifth championship, a fifth ring to her to her trophy case. But you know, one last time, I just want to go over this again because uh, you know this is extraordinary how great how dominant she was, how dominant she's been since since uh, her her college playing days, two time NCAA champion. Three-time Nancy Lieberman Award winner, four-time WNBA champion, uh, five-time Olympic gold medalist. Five—that's a 16-year span of yep. Olympic gold medals, winning every time. Thirteen-time, thirteen-time All-Star, five-time All-First Team. Uh, she is the all-time assist leader in the WNBA. She she has a she has a she has a legacy that you know will not be matched for a long time. Um, I think you know Jew should should know her name and be proud of her uh, and proud of her career. You know, I, I don't think this is the end. I don't think she's going to be, uh, you know, off like Carl Malone hunting and fishing uh, no. every day for the rest of her career. I think she is someone who is going to be around. Uh, she's obviously, you know, talented person and captivating personality. And, uh, you know, this is not the last we've seen of Sue Bird, but it is the, the end of her playing days. And I think that's, it's a little sad, but that's, you know, uh, <laughs> It happens to all of us. Eventually, someone tells us we can't play the game anymore, right? It's uh, of course. It's interesting. Although it's it's amazing, she's still going out at you know relatively, uh, uh, relatively sort of a high level. I mean, the team mm-hmm. was. She's going out, you know, because it's tough for her. She's she's not young. She's got to keep up with everybody. But she also can, you know, she's calling her own number. You know, she could have kept playing, and she decided, you know what, I'm done. Um, right. You know, nobody. She's got. Even so, and that's with no other basketball player of any gender has won 
uh, uh, five gold medals, except for one of her teammates, Diana Tarasi. But, you know, no, nobody, none of the men have ever won five uh, medalists. And interestingly enough, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. But, you know, depending on how you, uh, uh, depending on how it works, because it's, you know, the Basketball Hall of Fame, she'll be in both the College Basketball Hall of Fame and the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame, which is a pretty rare thing yep. to happen. Um, yep. You know, she's, she is basically the greatest shooter in college and WNBA history, um, as well as, you know, a, a former college player of the year, national college player of the year, and three-time point guard of the year. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, best wishes to her. I, I think we'll we'll keep an eye on what she's doing next and, and obviously uh, keep our listeners appraised of uh, what's going on there. Uh, Gabe, anything else you want to mention in, in, in terms of uh, recent news that, that we should keep an eye on or, or um, things to watch in the, in the coming days? To watch this week is uh, Max Homa, our, our favorite Jewish golfer. He is defending his Fortinet championship. Um, he was recently right. named to the President's Cup team, which is Team America against the best players from non-European countries in the world. Um, I think he is the only Jew in the tournament and probably the first to make the team in many years. Um one thing that's also interesting, the he is sponsored because he won the tournament by Fortinet, the cybersecurity right. uh, software and hardware company, who also sponsors David Lipsky, another Jewish guy oh. on the PGA Tour. So it's a Chinese-owned hardware company that operates in America, and is, uh, its spokespeople are two Jewish professional golfers. So I hope Lipsky performs well in the tournament this week. Um, he just recently re-earned his PGA Tour card um, in in. Uh, on the Corn Ferry Tours for full-time status. So it'll be interesting to see how he, if he gets off to a good start this season. Yeah, interesting things to follow. I mean, like, you know, golf's one of those sports that it's it, it seems like it's always in season and sort of funny. I mean, the FedEx Cup ended two weeks ago. And I mean, the Fortinet's the first thing, uh, you know, as the the fall the fall tour is, is, is sort of like the... the uh, it's a short the, off season. The, the, it's a short off season. The fall tour is sort of the buildup to the, the things that go on in the spring and the summer. But... I mean, you know, there's still $8 million at stake at the Fortinet and it's still a real tournament. And, uh, you know, we'll start to see over the next few months, uh, as you know, certainly as we get to like the Zozo championship, people seem to be playing a lot more these days. And, uh, uh, I, I don't know what's the, what's the first, I, I guess the Sony open and the, and the Phoenix are the first ones in the, in the new year that are, that are big pebble, pebble beach too. Notable that, as uh, well. You know, yes. Up. I think but so. It, it, Exciting that uh, that Homa's playing to defend his title in uh, in Fortinet at uh, Silverado, and uh, you know, I hope he wins again. I mean, I think he's certainly is uh, got as much shot as anyone. He's ranked twenty second in the world now. He's he's like probably, probably among the uh, the odds on favorites to win the Fortinet Championship. Absolutely, um, he's, should we you know, should, should, should we do more gambling talk on our podcast? I think that's something <laughs> we need to talk about. I, I know we've talked about um, like the 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 we've talked about behind the scenes as an idea. Um, having a rabbi on to discuss. We, we the, should uh, let the note to our producer, Mike. And if you're listening, Rabbi Feingold, host of Bonjour High, will you come and discuss the ethics? Of, the ethics of sports gambling is is, is something that we're going to need to talk about from a Jewish perspective. Um, absolutely. Uh, but uh, it feels I, I I know there's been a common complaint, especially among non-gambling sports watchers, um, that like sports betting commercials and talk has like taken over their beloved and previously uncorrupted uh pure sports but like uh yeah maybe we need to include more so yeah homa is the uh, solo favorite at 10 to 1 um so that is great good for him to be going yep. to a tournament with the with the best odds uh put your money down guys uh you know maybe we'll need to start introducing some jewish a jewish sports pick of the week 
do Ooh, some uh, legal, that would be legal gambling. If there's, if there's a Jewish guy worth your bet on any given time, um, yeah, that would be. We'll yeah. need to wait for. We'll need to wait for some sponsorship from from Draft Melachs. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> if and Ooh. when that if and when that comes, then we'll we'll have to start doing some sports. What's what's some the gematria for bet three sixty five? Oh, there, good is, question. Good question. Yeah, is it? I I don't know it well enough in in our head, but it would be like you know a double high and five for uh for well you know people 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 the jewish people have always been a people of gambling you know even even our even our places of worship you know you got bet sedek bet sholem <laughs> you know these are all great great places to to put down some bets it's interesting you know when when just sort of a uh there's a jews that was a joke for, for for clear for, for clear purposes that was a joke bet sedek please don't take away the uh, free membership that you just gave me yeah, you gotta. We can talk about this off, off, uh, uh, you know, off the air. But good for you. Is is yeah. that part of the package of getting married there, or are they just hard up uh, the people? <laughs> no, they they are free memberships for everyone under forty now. Oh my gosh. Okay, I gotta look yeah. into this. Um, yeah, that I said, know. It's it, this is like the classic the the joke about uh, the Jewish dilemma being free pork. And for me, it's like <laughs> free membership to free member free membership to a synagogue uh, that I don't necessarily. Uh, ascribed to all the values of, but you know, it's free. I mean, come on, what am so, I going to do? Pay for uh, high holiday tickets that I'm not going to use. We're going to get back to sports in a minute, but I have a relevant <laughs> story. Um, and that's, you can pull a Larry David and scalp and scalp them. You get them free right. and then you can scalp them, you know, outside the arena um, or outside right. the, the chapel. But you know, that, that reminds me this, this line of discussion reminds me of bar, my bar mitzvah portion, which I didn't understand what it was when I was 13 years old. I just sort of like, you know, said it and read it and then assumed, you know, it was this, but right. You know, it's a lot of people have these really holy bar mitzvah portions that sort of discuss this and that, you know, part of morality or, you know, the, the sacrifice of your son in honor of God and so on and so forth. But my, my actual portion, and this is in the holy book is like a long and protracted negotiation between Abraham and a local community on pre-buying his gravesite for him and his wife. Wow. It is just a long, like, oh no, I think we should pay 25 shekels. And then the other people think we should pay 40 shekels. And it just goes back and forth. And that's the bar mitzvah portion. So even our holy texts, you bring a, a pimply faced 13 year old up to, you know, learn and read about the power of negotiation when discussing a burial plot. That's true. That's, you know, maybe the nature, maybe that's the, the basis for everything that we've uh, done, even the the basis for the podcast format in the first place. Just two Jews negotiating over uh, their local <laughs> Who gets to speak you know, this more? Is, this is why we don't, we don't talk about religion on here much. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to get ourselves excommunicated from, uh, from any, any, respectable, any respectable synagogues in the, in the greater Toronto area. Um, so before we, we get our, before we dig our own grave sites, um, why don't we get to our interview... Why don't we get to our interview with Anna Rosner and Eliezer Sherbatov? All right, we're, we're uh, very delighted to be joined tonight with, by two guests, Eliezer Sherbatov and Anna Rosner, um, who have worked together on a new book, uh, My Left Skate, The Extraordinary Story of Eliezer Sherbatov. Um, how are you both doing? Nice to see both of you. Good. 
Thank you. I'm doing good. Thank you. Um, Anna, why don't you start off? Can you tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, uh, what your background is? Sure. Um, I'm a writer, mostly a teacher. And um, I, my first book was called Journeyman. It was about uh, Jamie Leach, who is the son of the famous uh, hockey player Jamie, uh, Reggie Leach. And that was for kids age 9 to 12. And then uh, one day I stumbled on Eliezer's story in the Globe and Mail. And I, I hadn't intended to write another hockey biography, but I realized that I had to tell his story because it was just so amazing. So That's, that's great. And Ellie, Ellie tell, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and, and why, why are you the subject of a book? Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's not. Uh, my name is Eliza Shibatov. Um It's a uh, it's a funny story. I've been playing hockey since uh, since I'm seven years old. Uh, it's a, it's it's a wish from my dad from Israel. He always wanted me to play hockey. So I ended up uh, going to Europe as a professional. And a couple of years ago, I ended up in in Auschwitz in in, in the city where the uh, Auschwitz camp and. Uh, Anna wrote me and she wanted to, to, to write a book about me, which I was very, uh, I was a bit in shock in the beginning. Uh, but then she told me what I've been through. And then I said, hey, maybe, <laughs> maybe I should write a book. <laughs> so well, it, that's, a, that's a great lead in. So uh, Eliezer, why don't we start a bit about what you've been through? You are, you are born in Israel, but raised in Canada? Yes, born in Israel, raised in Canada as a Russian. As a, okay, so we're, we've got it's three different countries. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I think the anecdote that's uh, got going to get a lot of press or, or has already gotten press is pretty great of, of your dad speaking to the immigration officer in Israel um, about why he wanted to move to Montreal and saying that it's the you know it's the province of Guy Lafleur, and of course that's where he wants to go so that his kids can play hockey just like Guy Lafleur. Um, pretty pretty amazing you know place to start. Um, it, it, it's interesting to to see in the book that your parents. Your dad was a big hockey fan back in uh, back in the Soviet Union, and that was something that sort of kept him going when when all things were uh, were difficult back then. Um, yes, was was that was that a I need to answer this. I'm, it was yeah. a jumping off point, but that's I okay. Thought, yeah. uh, <laughs> I I thought that was a uh, no. I thought, I thought you were it's, it's talking. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. No, it's okay. okay. I thought you were just saying uh, about the book and everything. Yes, absolutely. It's it's. For me, the, you know, knowing this as 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 a child, uh, I didn't really comprehend. But now, as an adult, you know, you see, you start to realize that, uh, you know, what my parents have been through, their thoughts, their feelings, you know, when I was this age, you know, so I can compare right now as an adult. So it's it's kind of sometimes surreal, you know, the thoughts, the 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 things that they said they went through. It's kind of surreal, but it's. It's fun because th that book, at the end of the day, it's not my story. It's, it's. I think it's more of their story, my parents, my grandparents, what they've been through. So, um, but right. honestly, you should you should be asking all the questions to Anna because she probably knows me more than me. She, she looks <laughs> yeah, like she so wants should... to jump in. <laughs> yes, uh, we, should, no, we should say that we should say the book is is a bit of a you know as told to um, type biography, and Anna, you're you're the one responsible for. You know, actually putting those words down on paper, and I, I think investigating some of the things that the book goes into and some of the history of of Ellie and his family 
uh, and his journey. So um, what what drew you to Ellie's story and uh, and developing this into a book? Well, firstly, his parents' story is remarkable. So he had um, a great origin story, you know, like a good Marvel hero in some ways. Um, his parents fled Russia um, because of, in part because of anti-Semitism, um, also because of the mafia that was um, uh, threatening his father's life. And what was tragic about it was that they went to Israel um, and, and did find home, I think, in some ways, but um, were faced with the Gulf War. So there were Scud missiles, um, you know, falling on them and their children for the, that long month. And so they just needed to find peace um, and uh, finally found that in Montreal. And I think that um, in some ways their sports, um, their love of sports and, and athleticism, because their three children are incredible athletes, is what helped them uh, sort of land on their feet and be so centered and so... Um, so this is sort of a question I have for either of you. We can start with, with Eliezer and then go to Anna. But as, you know, a man of three countries, you were, your uh, you know, as you said, a Russian Jew who's also Israeli but plays for Canada. Sort of what role for you does hockey play in your immigration story? We have the story of the Gila Fleur anecdote, but, you know, as... As a, a hockey player, how important is hockey to you and your family? I think hockey it's 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 probably the, the, the only time where where I can be myself and, and feel free as myself. It doesn't matter. To be honest, my whole career I I how can I say it? I was never um part, you know. Let's say I'm in Russia, they considered me as a Jew. I I play in, 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 in Europe, they considered me as a Canadian. I play in Canada, they considered me as a <laughs> Russian. I'm never um I, I don't know how to say it in English. Um, I was never uh, uh, belong. Yeah, belong. I, I I never belong, but I at the end of the day I didn't care because I for me I belonged on the ice and it doesn't matter which country, it doesn't matter from where I'm from, my parents, it's just, I think at the end of the day, hockey regroups everybody, it brings everybody together. And, and me, it re really regrouped me. The, so the ice. that's, that's great to hear in, you know, you, you've played all over the world and you've, you're from all over all these different places. You, you mentioned you were looking for an English word. What is your first language? Uh, it's, it's, to be honest, it might be, it might be uh, Hebrew, <laughs> might be Hebrew. But what my parents told me is that I knew Hebrew as a kid, but I forgot it. So it might be Hebrew in my first language, but really, technically, it's Russian. Right. Okay. And playing in Europe, is speaking Russian important or is English more important? Um, I would say, oh, did my, if, if you're in, in the, the Russian speaking languages, yeah, Russian. But like, let's say I played in Slovakia, Russian was more important. I picked up Slovakian in two seconds. I was speaking Slovakian in, in a couple of months. I had conversations. So de depending on the country, yes, more like, let's say, Poland, let's say, uh, uh, my God, I don't even remember. There's so many countries. <laughs> Any other country, English. But uh, in France, French. You know, I'm, I'm lucky. I know French, English, and Russian. Right. So. And we should say that when you played for uh, Bratislava, that you, you became the first Israeli player in the KHL. Um, yes, I, I think the only the only one so far, as far as we know. Um, um, I think I think they might. Uh, there's another one. His name is okay, uh, Levine. Yeah. 
Sorry, but, what but, is his uh, name? I'm, uh, I'm, let's keep it at that. The first one, forget the first. The first one. That's the most <laughs> important. That that was that was honestly for me the the one of the most important parts of my life. It's is to become the first Israeli in the KHL because that was the the goal. That was the dream. Right. And then, what was it like? Uh, you know, as you mentioned, playing in the town just outside of Auschwitz, where uh, you know, obviously, there had been the scene of uh, the most horrific uh, atrocities of the Holocaust. What was it like being there as a Jew uh, playing hockey? You know, so close to where that had happened. Um, to, to to be honest, I'm gonna let Anna uh, answer this question because I always have difficulty to express this. And and when I wrote the when I wrote the book. How Anna explained, like how she 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 explained everything what I've been through. She really said into words what I was feeling. So honestly, I especially I'm not that good at English. I'm gonna let Anna answer if Anna she's okay with this. Absolutely, I can try. But uh, if it's said well in the book, and yes, well, it's because you told me it well. But um, I mean, I think he was uh, completely overwhelmed. Um, he was supposed to visit Auschwitz with an Israeli camera crew and the pandemic actually interrupted that. But I think, um, you know, he had the opportunity to go before, he had the opportunity to go um, after his, you know, this, the season ended and I he couldn't uh, bring himself to do it. And it was something that I really understood um, because of my own history. And it's just, you know, I think in the book, we both talked about how do you face something that you can never truly under, understand and how do you live afterwards once you've faced it. Um, so he had to get used to living with something that was so normal. And so, I mean, he, his life was normal, but at the same time, he was just a few kilometers and could actually see um, the barracks of Auschwitz from his apartment. So you're trying to live a normal life, but I think um, it's almost impossible to ever really just go to the grocery store like a normal person and not think about, you know, the million Jews um, who perished there. So um, a really tough, um, you know, voyage mentally, I think. Yeah, she, 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 Anna she said it perfectly. Mentally wasn't, it. I wasn't there yet. Or I would, I don't think I would ever be because, you know, I was living right on the river of the... Um, I died. Yes. So, so that that river. Every morning, you wake up and you you see that river where they were. I, I don't want to, you know, get into details, but sure. You know, I had one amazing game. It was the first game where the fan was, and I would say, okay, I might have a great season despite, like, not despite, but you know, even everything around this, you know, there, there's, there's gonna be greatness. And um, but after the uh, uh, pandemic. No fans after this, and it become darker and darker, right. and and the, the the critics and the media and everything, the the camp. It was just it was all overwhelming mentally. And then I, I think we see something about how uh, you know history doesn't necessarily re- repeat itself, but uh, I, what's the expression? It, it does tend to rhyme in that you know the last chapter of the book talks about this you know sort of ordeal that you went through trying to get out of uh, Ukraine as the Russians were invading. And that's, you know, very dramatic and, and sort of, you know, echoing what, what had previous generations has sort of gone through, um, obviously in a different way, but that, that was very interesting as well. Um, and was that, was that part of the story when you started this, uh, when you started this project and writing this book, or was that a, an unexpected, an unexpected twist? Just where the story goes. 
yeah. we, we almost stopped the presses to get that yeah. chapter in there because we were, yeah, I was almost, you know, about to go to print. We were editing the last little bits of it. And then I, I woke up, you know, that morning in February 24th, almost had a heart attack when I realized uh, that the war had begun and Eliezer was still there um, because we were still in contact at that point. And I had to live those 48 hours with him, which were, I had about one hour sleep <laughs> while he was on that train uh, for 24 hours trying to get out. Um, but um, yeah, it was uh, something that we added in the end. Um, I literally wrote to my editor and said, you know, I, I've got to add this story because as soon as I knew it was okay. <laughs> and so um, we, we, you know, added the extra chapter and I think it adds a lot to the book. And we should say we should have said this off the top, but but you're now safely uh, home or, or back in back in Montreal um, for the, for the time being at least. Obviously, you got out of Ukraine um, without too much difficulty. Um, what's what's next for you in terms of your um, hockey career? But I, w- I would say I would say something. Um, no, having the chapter, all the buzz, you know, the book is gonna be. I think is gonna is gonna be an, an, a nice hit. No, not because of the the uh, Ukrainian cha- uh, chapter, but it really adds up to the book. But I would I would exchange not going through this and not having a book than right. going through this and having a book. So of course, um, yeah. I just I just want to mention it. it's not something that I'm 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 happy that I have this. I rather not have it. Of course, um, and not and not live through this because the after, the aftermath of this it's a whole another level. That's another book. Um, now the aftermath, I'm 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 going day by day, but I've decided not to leave uh, not to leave Quebec. Stay close to my family. Um, I'll be playing hockey in the LNAH uh, for the team Jonquière this this season. Um, it's a good league. You know, um, I still get to play. I still get to be a professional hockey, and at the same time, I get to continue uh, and build a, a new um, the upcoming hockey players. What you know, my, me, my mom, uh, my brothers have been doing since always. Uh, it's it's to teach and and then develop uh, upcoming athletes. So that's what I'm going to be doing full time. That's that sounds great. Do you you know this question is again for for. Eliezer or Anna, but you mentioned earlier, you're sort of always an outsider when you play, you know, but hockey is where you be yourself. You're either Russian in Canada or you're Canadian or, or you're a Jew. Um, You know, how does playing a in Canada compare to the rest of the world in that sense? And, you know, as the second part of it, do you feel that, you know, the sort of otherness is getting better or worse for you as your career goes on on the ice? Um, to be honest, uh, it, it, it doesn't get any it doesn't get any better. At the end of the day, if 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 I score goals, everybody likes you. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The other team hates you, but the, your teammates and and the management loves you. you know, Absolutely. Um, any and, and Eliezer, you had the opportunity to play for for Team Israel uh, on a number of occasions. What was that like? Um. What, what what were those teams like? Was it mostly Canadian uh, Canadians with Israeli citizenship? Was it no, uh, no, no, other no. Soviet so, Soviet Israelis? It's 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 now it's mostly Israelis. It it depends on on which management is is uh, the hockey the the Israeli Federation is. So you know the the beginning when I was playing more Russian than Canadian. Now it's more Israelis. 
Right. Yeah, Israel hockey is getting better right now. So there's more Israelis. I mean, you you guys were, and I, you're still, are you still the captain of the team? Is that, I know there hasn't been some, some competition since the pandemic, um, but you were captaining the team beforehand. Yeah, I was captain in, in, in Mexico uh, when we won the gold medal uh, uh, 2019. 19, yeah. So that's, I guess, up until this year was the most recent one. So you won the gold medal from you know, uh, uh, division two, what's next for team Israel? Are you, are you still playing? Uh, we will see, we will see, um, for next year. Uh, I need to talk to the management They're They're, they're having their own issues right now. So, uh, I'll be talking with them for, uh, for next season. Well, I think it's certainly something that, that Jews all over the world are, are happy to support, especially Jews in Canada who are more, uh, you know, hockey centric and, and always cheering on hockey players around the world and, 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 you know, happy to watch, uh, you know, Israel compete at the, at, at these high levels internationally. It's really mm-hmm. amazing to see for a country with, uh, not, not exactly a, a long history of, of hockey playing, uh, or, 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 you know, amenability to, to playing hockey to really be developing a, a good hockey program and developing a lot of great, yeah, a, lo- a lot of young players now. Do you, do you feel a responsibility because of that to sort of lead Israeli hockey into the future uh yes I had I had I had this I think I had this responsibility and I have been doing it since since I'm 13 I think that the only thing everybody knows Israel hockey there's a name Sherbatov beside it no matter what uh whether it's it's the highlight goal whether it's the first Israeli in the KHL whether is 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 playing as as a as an Israeli Jew in in uh, QMJHL in uh, J- J- Montreal Juniors, I was always an advocate for for Israel, even uh, when I was uh, playing in Canada. So everybody everybody knows. So <laughs> that's that's what I think it, it is. I I'm saying facts. So um, at the end of the day, I've been doing it since 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 I'm a kid. So. I'm just gonna keep it. I don't. I don't know how much more. How much more I can do? Um, no, it's it's a great answer. I, obviously, I want to do more, but the, you know, I just cannot take a backpack and and, and build build a rink and then. Oh come on! Why not? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's just I'm I'm here. If if they want more of me, the federation, they they know. They... I so I have one more question for you. Um, uh, and you know, I would love it if we could, we, we haven't got to it yet, but could you guys, Eliezer, Anna, whichever one, could you take us through why the title of the book, what is my left skate about? You want me to answer that, Eliezer? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But do you guys, you don't know or you? No, we do know. We're just want, want the audience to know. No. no. Uh, have you read the book? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I thought you didn't know. That's why you're asking. <laughs> it's uh, for the benefit of the audience. Okay. Um, it's a little bit of a long story, but uh, he had a terrible rollerblading accident at age uh, 14. And uh, as a result, he was out of hockey for two and a half years and uh, doesn't, um, he had three operations and never regained any feeling um, in his left leg below the knee. So everything that he's accomplished in, in hockey, um, he's done, um, you know, with this uh, disability um, because he has to walk with a brace. Um, but he doesn't skate with a brace because the skate acts as the brace. Because it and holds it, yeah. 
Exactly. And I think, you know, when you were talking earlier about him, um, about him not really belonging or not really being sure where he belonged, I think in part um, something that made him especially free on the rink was that that disability um, completely disappeared when he had the skate. You know, he didn't need the brace. Um, but as soon as he comes off the ice, um, it goes back on. So in a way, it was uh, liberating for him to be on the ice and to be a hockey player. Um, Eliezer, what do you think? So, so yes, yeah, Anna, Anna said everything right, which, which the, the disability is called a drop foot, which I have no sensation or, or muscle that picks up my foot. Uh, it's just it's just slim. So that's one of the reasons why I didn't belong is just now that I'm a Jew, Israeli, Russian, French, whatever, and, and a handicap at the same time, they look at me, well, what is what is this guy doing? <laughs> but as as you said, if you score goals. Yeah, but and plus, <laughs> plus I'm small. I was the smallest. Who's this guy? Uh, I want to ask about one more thing our, our audience can see. Um, but we're looking at Eliezer on, on camera. You have some pretty spectacular hockey lettuce uh on your eye uh, some hair if we can see can you take down your ponytail yeah can you can you yeah, show us the full hair yeah that's majestic wow <laughs> and I know, like, unfortunately uh, this isn't uh, a visual medium but we'll we'll make sure we get a, a picture up on the uh on the website with the the full head of hair so do you if we can so here's a cultural question you know do you feel your your long hair you know i've played a lot of hockey in my life i've watched a lot of hockey i've also been to israel several times and i know a lot of israeli people do you find your long hair is more of a hockey thing or an israel thing <laughs> uh no man the, i th i think it's more of a me thing i think it's more of a tar tarzan <laughs> thing watch i uh, watch tarzan with the long hair with the the you know, swinging. And I said, man, I want to be like, just like him. <laughs> having, having Jane on one hand, you know, swinging the other. That's, That's how I met my wife. She, she, she looked at me. I, I was, I was like, cause I can't walk. So I'm always like, like a monkey at school. That's how I met her. She uh -huh. saw me fell in love right away. Swinging from a vine. Yeah. <laughs> I grabbed her. So let's leave. That's great. Um, before we go, Anna, is, is there anything else you want to mention? Anything about the book? Um, I, I think it's coming out uh, just a few weeks after we're taping this. Yeah, um, it'll be out in October, available everywhere. And we're having a book launch in Montreal on October 13th, if you want to come. Where is right, it in we'll Montreal? Sure. We'll, uh, we'll add that to the show notes. It's uh, at Complexe Guimont uh, in Laval. Okay, great. The, the, re the restaurant in the Complex Guimont on the 440. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's going to be a uh, yeah, big launch. Well, we wish, you we wish you both uh, lots of luck with the book and with everything else. Um, Ali, uh, you know, I'm sure Jewish sports fans around the world and Canada and elsewhere will, will be continuing to follow your career. And, uh, you know, we're excited to see what, what you do next. And, and, you know, best of luck with everything and, and really good luck with the book. I think it's a great read, uh, you know, for young adults, for Jewish kids. Uh, for kids who are into hockey, it's a it's a it's a great read. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks again to Anna and Ellie for joining us. That was really great to have them on and hear some more about Ellie's story and uh, about the writing of the book. I, I think you know. I, again, I really do recommend it. Kids of all ages. 
uh, adults as well. Definitely one to check out. And, it's it's uh, an amazing story. There's, as I said before yeah. the interview, it's impossible to overstate what he's been through. Um, you know, I just wish we had more time to ask him about, you know, what the food was like in Kazakhstan. <laughs> right. Um, and while we were uh, while we were on our little break, I think our producer Michael confirmed with uh, Bonjour Chai host and rabbi extraordinaire Avi Feingold that he will come on the uh, the pod to discuss the ethics of of uh, sports gambling for Jews. I mean, uh, Gabe, you know, I've got a, a baby due in about a week, so I might have to take a pot off. Um, so if you don't hear me on the next one, that that might be why. Uh, yep. Maybe you'll hear something from Avi about uh, about the ethics of sports. Game. I mean, I think I think. You know, gambling on sports is one thing. You know, gambling on like how long the uh, shofar blower can hold a tequila. Oh, that's uh, this Rosh that's Hashanah. real. Like, that's where that, the that, real actions. Yeah, at. that that's like that's a real degeneracy. So like yeah. you know, um, catch us catch us in the coat room uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to lay some action. <laughs> Absolutely, lay some action on how long how long a half tour is going to go. Right? Yeah, like yeah, that. or or uh, you know, at which line of the of the trope is the bar mitzvah boy's voice going to crack? It's, is it going to be the first Amen, or is it going to be the, you know, by, by the time of the second Aliyah? Which Aliyah has the first voice crack or mistake? We'll get those odds up on, on Draft Melech as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as we can. Um, it's going anyways, to win uh, with our NFTs. Exactly. Uh, until next time, uh, I'm, I'm Jamie. This is Gabe. Uh, you can always find our, our work on the Canadian Jewish News website, cjn.ca. Uh, we're produced by Michael Freeman, as always. Thanks to Michael uh, for putting up with us. And uh, you can always follow us on Twitter at Menschwarmers. Um, we, you know, do our best to sort of keep things up to date with all the news about Jews and sports. Uh, so lots of good interaction there. And, uh, you know, follow us, like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. And we'll see you soon. We'll see you again soon. Happy holidays. Oh, yeah. Shana Tova, everybody. Happy hol- happy holidays. What am I? Yeah. Boy? What are you? Shana Tova. Shana Tova. Shana yeah, yeah, let's throw yes. let's throw it in there, man. Chag always- Sameach. If you're listening to this, you know, if you're at a, a break a break fast, if you're at a Rosh Hashanah dinner, please recommend this podcast to your nephews. <laughs> uh, you know, that's what they want. Th- that they only want to talk to you about sports. That's that's all. That's all you might have. And who's Jewish? Uh, you you yeah. you know that should be the way we pitch our podcast. Just surprise your nephews by telling them Rowdy Telez is Jewish. At I agree. Rosh- I, think, I think surprise your nephews. Year. Surprise your nephews at the breakfast by telling them AJ Dillon is Jewish. That's like that'll get you cool uncle points. Um, and so you know, we hope you you learn something from this podcast. Tell, tell them the mench warmers at, at all your holiday that. celebrations. That's right. All right. Again, before we get ourselves in too much trouble, uh, <laughs> th- thanks for listening. Uh, Shana Tova.